Okay, let's begin Parshas Vayeshev, Tavshin Pei. As we get into the Parshios of Yosef and his brothers, uh, we'll talk a little bit about Hanukkah as well, Brother Shem, at the end, uh, as we have the, uh, the Shabbos, uh, the Shabbos right before Hanukkah, and, uh, hopefully Brother Shem next week. I, I hope to really get a shear up at some point during the week. I don't exactly know when, uh, but we'll talk about exactly when it'll be, uh, uh, later, depending on the schedule. But we start off with a very troubling Rashi, which, uh, every year we, uh, maybe touch on. Uh, and that is Yaakov's request. Yaakov's request at the beginning of the parsha. Yaakov Avinu Vayeshev Yaakov Eretz Aviv Eretz Kanan. Yaakov is uh, sojourning Eretz Mugurei Aviv in Eretz Kanan. We know Yaakov is uh, has come back and he has met Esav, and he safely made it back uh, to uh, Eretz Kanan, and uh, he's now living there. And the Rashi tells us what does it mean Vayeshev Yaakov Eretz Kanan? Says Rashi. First, uh, he quotes uh, exactly what this is doing here. Ela told us uh, Yaakov, Achulu, he continues. But if you look in the Rashi, as we know, the source of one quotes it. Bikesh Yaakov leishi b'shalva. Vayeshev Yaakov. Yaakov wanted to have some rest, to have some shalvas hanefesh. Um, and that's alluded to in Vayeshev. And what happens, Kafa salav rogzo shal Yosef, the story of Yosef, comes upon him. Tzadikim mevakshem leishi b'shalva. Tzadikim want to sit in serenity. Amar Hakadosh Baruch Hu lo dayin letzadikim. Hashem otukan lem olam haba. Hashem mevakshem leishi b'shalva bolam hazeh. What is Yaakov asking for? Get a very difficult Rashi on many levels. Many questions asked. First of all, doesn't Barsha B'chukosai tell us that the schar for mitzvahs is going to be a little shalva in this world to be able to do more mitzvahs and we could have rain and we will have parnasa? So you know, that's one question. But the other question is, Yaakov Avinu, as we know, there's a Rashi later on, such an emotional, heart-wrenching Rashi. Rashi tells us, think about Yaakov's life. It wasn't like he's had such an easy life till now. You know, if anybody deserved a little bit of rest, Menuchas um, HaNefesh, it's probably Yaakov Avinu. Starting with, Rashi quotes later on, Tsaras Esav, Tsaras Dina, Tsaras Lavan. It's, it's a lot, right? And so, now he's going to get to Tsaras Yosef and Tsaras Binyamin. Right? And he even complains about it at the end of his life, and Akadosh Baruch Hu holds him accountable for those extra words that he tells that he tells Paro. But what's the message for us of Yaakov Avinu? Obviously, on his level, Akadosh Baruch Hu said that it wasn't meant to be. But what exactly is the uh, is the message? So again, many point out this year. You have it here from in the Sefer Lasanig Besanugib, quoting the Saba from Kel. Hasaba Mikel Mo'amad Alkach Shavadin Lonis Kavin Yaakov Avinu Leishi B'Shalva Almanas Leharos Ba'Olamazeh. He didn't want to go and retire and play golf. And um, go to the pool every day and relax and focus on, again, there's nothing wrong with, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with those activities. But, you know, that wasn't going to be the goal of his life. But after everything that he's been through, he's just looking to serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu with a little bit of serenity. You know, I just want to sit in the base madrash. Right? He learned in Sheba Ever and he wants to do more. So, what exactly was wrong with this bakasha? And he explains, Ubiyer, that, again, we don't know, we can never ask why, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu has the package for each and every person. But Olam Hazeh is not, most of the time, is not about Shalvas HaNefesh. That's just not what Olam Hazeh is about. It's our job to try to have Shalvas HaNefesh, to try to, you know, have such bitachon, such a strong bitacha that we know Kaddish Baruch Hu is in charge of whatever happens to us uh, that's out of our control, you know, was meant to happen, so to speak. Yes, we have to believe that, as, as we'll talk about a little bit later. But that's not the goal. There are challenges. Life's about dealing with our challenges. But we have to know that every challenge that we have and everyone has different challenges. Every family has different challenges. And nobody, right, we shouldn't compare and we shouldn't think about, oh, that challenge, I could deal with the other family's challenge. You know, my challenge is so much more challenging. Kodesh Baruch Hu gives each challenge to each family. And if we're looking at a family that doesn't seem to have any challenges, we don't know what happens behind closed doors. And we don't know what happens. And Kodesh Baruch Hu has a wide lens, and what's happening right now is not the same as what's, what, what's going to happen in 15 years from now. 
And what's going to happen in 30 years from now? And Rahman al-Islam, we see sometimes we have families that are shalvas and efesh, and then all of a sudden their, their, their life is turned upside down. And Rahman al-Islam, we find in the opposite direction as well. Sometimes families that, that can't get a break, and sometimes then they get a break, which others, others don't. So, Kaddish Baruch Hu is the one that, that decides on the package. He is the one that decides on the package. But we have to, we have to realize that life's about dealing with our package. Baruch Advarim, and that's what he even says, Shamati, he quotes, where we say every morning, Baruch Gozer Umakayim, in Baruch Sha'amar. Hashem is Gozer, he makes the decree, but then he's Makayim, he gives the strength to each person to be Makayim and Kayam throughout that challenge. Baruch Gozer Umakayim. And especially, maybe, we might add, he doesn't say this, but maybe this is what he means, one of the Avos. Each of the Avos, as we know, is the model, and he put into the DNA for each of his children and descendants the power to pass through all the Nisyonos. And Yagavinu had a life full of Nisyonos, had a life full of challenges. And maybe Chazal is telling us that A, about Yaakov, and maybe B, about us. We have to recognize that life, we, Halavai, we should daven for Shalva, but we shouldn't expect and we have to realize that Baruch Hu has everything that is meant to, to be given to us. He's the one that, uh, that decides. And it's all up to us to be able to react. And he even quotes a fascinating story from the Kutzker. There was a, a fire. Rahman al-Assad in the days of old, even just a hundred years ago, if there was a fire, that was it. You know, in Radin, they talk about the fire in the days of the Chavetz Chaim. But a fire, all the houses made out of wood, it was terrible. So it was a fire, and one of the Toshavim ran to the, to the Kutzker and says, Bavakasha, daven for me, daven for me. What's gonna happen to my house? What's gonna happen? I'm not gonna... And the Kutzker says, don't worry about it. It's okay, everything's gonna be okay, your house is not gonna burn. It's like, how do you? Your house is not gonna burn. And the Kutzker told him, Kachav, and the house didn't burn. The house didn't burn. Your store wouldn't burn. And that's when it stopped a few meters close to the store. Chashukula, they thought, oh, the Kutzker is a Balmofis. Right? He did a, did a unbelievable. He davin, nisim. So, so the Kutzker says, no, there was no Mofis. I saw that this guy was not going to be able to handle having his store burned down. I saw there was no way that he was going to be able to handle that. So I know Kutzker Baruch Hu wouldn't do it. Because Kutzker Baruch Hu only goes there if he's Mekayim. And if it's not Mekayim, so then he's not goes there. Again, Rahman al-Islan, it's not, we don't, we don't judge and we're not looking at any specific situation in history, Rahman al-Islan, during the war, but, you know, in, this is the rule that we take upon ourselves and that we try to inculcate in our, in our, uh, in our lives. And then he even quotes just one, um, connected idea from the Chidushi Arim. Quotes from the Medrash, Vayeshev Yaakov Eres Bugurei Aviver, it's Kenan Amrim Chunya, Mashalach HaShayim Mahalach Baderech, Ra Kachal Klavim, he saw a band of dogs, Vinis Yarimahem, and he was scared of them, Vyashav Lobinehem, and he sits amongst them. What does that mean? Usually when you see a, a band of dogs, you run. You see them, you're scared, so you sit amongst them. Kach Kivachara Yaakov as Esav Alufav, Nisyarimahem, Vyashav Lobinehem. What does this Medrash Plia mean? Yaakov Avinu sees the dogs. Madu alaf yashem enayim. Says the Chlushi Arim. Shimba ala adam tsara. Haderach anachona lismo deidima. Eina machapes lefarach mimena. When we have the challenge, we have to just stand up and try to do our best. There's no running away from the situation that HaKadosh Baruch Hu puts us in. We have to try to do the best we can. We have to try, as we say in Davening, Velo lavuli de nisayon. We don't look for nisayonos. But whatever the challenge is, we have to st- stand up and we have to do our best. And that's all HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants from us. And that's what it means. Yaakov saw Esav. He saw the Alufim. And what did he do? He sat amongst them. He sat and he, and he dealt with it. And he prepared last week. Yaakov could have just turned around and said, you know what? I'm, I'm going away from Lavan. I'm not going to Esav. I'll just find some other place to live. No. I'm going to prepare. I'll do what I can to face whatever is supposed to happen. Because I know this is what HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants me to do. And that's what the Chuzhirim says, So that is, We're all Mavakesh Leishibashava. And maybe we just have to maybe daven for Shalva, but recognize that that's not what life's about. If a Kaddish Baruch has other plans, so then we have to be Mekabel, Mekabel Ba'ahava, Mekabel Ba'ahava.
Okay, moving right along, connecting. Another thought on the same Rashi from Rav Mordechai Eliyahu in source number three on the next page. Again, Elo tells Yaakov, he quotes the Rashi in the name of the Badrish. Says Rav Mordechai Eliyahu, we have to take um, a message for us uh, about life. And again, we're learning it from Yaakov, and we shouldn't say that, oh, Yaakov did something wrong here. We're just learning from the from the Medrash, at least on his level, maybe. But what can we learn from the Medrash? Are we past-focused in life, or are we future-focused? Maybe a little Shemetz of the Bikish Yaakov Leishiv B'Shalva was that I've accomplished and I've been through so much. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu, again on his level, HaKadosh level, like, no, you always got to look ahead. It's not about what we've done. It's about what we still have to do. So many times we've talked, spoken about this theme. Shema Yomar, the person would say that at the Eid Zahara, as Das HaTorah, Anachol Omedi Mikan, She'ein Shavala Tzadikim, there's no rest. I've done it. I've done. Okay, now let me just be on cruise control. There's never a time where we could just say, done. I've quoted often the thought of Rabbi Yisrael Salanter on the, uh, just mentioned it in the Navi Shirim in Sefer Hoshea. Hoshea says, in the name of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Ki na'ar Yisrael v'ohavehu. I love Yisrael because they're na'ar. Perak Yud Aleph, I think, in Hoshea. What's not our Yisrael? So Yisrael Salanter says that Yoshua Benun in Parshas Kisisa, he's at the foot of the mountain. He doesn't leave. And what does it say? Yoshua Benun Nar lo Yamish Mitocha Ohel Nar. How old was Yoshua Benun at the time? If we work backwards, Yoshua Benun died when he was 110. 14 years in the Eretz Yisrael, Shevesh Kivshuv, Shevesh Kilku. Seven years splitting up the land. Seven years after seven years of fighting the war. So Yeshua was 96 when he went into Eretz Yisrael. 40 years in the desert, he was 56 at the time. And Chazal and the Torah says, Nar. He was youth. Youthful. The question is, you know, that's halavai. We should all be youthful at 56 and live to 110. Even more. But why is it called Nar? Because he had an attitude of youth, says Rabbi Yisrael Salanter. Because life's about always thinking of ourselves as youthful. Because youth is personified and is reflected by dreams and aspirations and thinking about what I still want to do and what do I want to accomplish in life and where do I want to get to. Zikna, so often, Rahman al-Islan, is about, I've lived my life, I've done great things, so now it's just time to like live out the rest of my years. No, Judaism doesn't have that attitude. Al-Tashlicheni zikna, we say. We should always have the attitude of what more I have to do. Says the that's this message. We can never say, focus on what we've done already. We always have to look forward. And he even says, and don't think that's only for the rabbis. That's only, and I've done. I've done. No, we have to try to accomplish ourselves. Everything. We can have that direct connection to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. We could strive for it. He tells a story. There was a man who was not so affluent, but he was known as a big Baltstaka. And whoever came to his house, he always gave them. What was his minag? Whenever people came to his door, he said, wait, can you wait for two minutes? I just have to go. I'll be right back. What does he do? He ran to the shul. He closed the door of the shul. Miss Palelva Omar, and he used to go in front of the Aaron and say, Rabboni Shalom. Anashem Elu Choshim Sheishli Osher. Uban Lavakim Yemeni Staka. People think I'm rich. I don't have so much money, but I don't want to give them nothing. Please send me something. Help me out so I could give them. And I'm going to give them. Please get it back to me. Because this is what they think. Shlachli Miyat Charachavah Kadeshu Chalasayis Lahem. One time, one of the Aniyim wanted to know, where does this guy disappear to every time I go to his house? So he saw, he runs to the shul. He's like, okay, whatever, he got a friend. You go ask, I'm going to go hide in the shul. He goes to hide in the shul. And 
opens the door and he overhears him talking and the Ani hears him. He's like, whoa. And suddenly the Ani thinks to himself, he's like, why do I have to go to him? And then he's going to ask a Kodesh Baruch and a Kodesh Baruch. Why don't I just go ask a Kodesh Baruch? What do I have to go through him for? Sometimes we think that we have to go through our Rabbeim. We have to go through our, you know, uh, an intermediary. Just go straight to Kodesh Baruch Right? We have to realize we could do it. We could do it. And he says, Yesh Adam. Right, there are those that get, that are given a lot of Torah and they share a lot of Torah. And many rely on him for Torah. But then, you know, I go to a shear. I don't have to like learn it so hard. The one who is with the Magid shear has to really work hard. I'd have to listen. I'm Yotze. No, active listening, says Yo. If we go to the shear then we have to try to do even more and prepare for it more and do chazara and prepare for it. And if we give the shear, maybe we could do a little deeper. And maybe we can learn and, and maybe if the people in the shear maybe aren't on a certain level, but I have to learn it for myself on an even deeper level. And he quotes, and we could do it. And we can learn. He doesn't quote the Balatanya, but the Balatanya says, every Jew can learn Kala He says, Pam Hayu, he says, in the olden days, there were doctors, there used to be doctors that were a bucky in everything. All parts of the body. So now, it's all specialists. It's all specialists. There are mumchim be'inayim, mumchim ba'aznayim, mumchim ba'leif, which is good, but you also need some doctors. Maybe certain internists still have it, but you need some doctors to see the whole patient. So you could have a bucky in Hilcha Shabbos and a bucky in Hilcha's Kashra's. But we have to try. We have to try to do everything we can, and we have to shoot for the stars and always have the attitude of naar, and always recognize it's not about bkesh leisha b'shalva. It's all about what I still have to do, and in that way, I'll be able to accomplish as much as I can. And especially, this is a an important, valuable lesson, as you know, in this cycle, tafshin pei. You know, there are many, you know, hundreds of thousands of am Yisrael that are finishing a shas this in, in a, just a couple of days. And uh, we have to recognize, it's not about finishing. It's about starting again. You know, if anybody finishes, Baruch Hashem, Mazel Tov, it's a great pat on the back. But it's not about Nida. It's about Brachos. Right? It's not about Perak Atinokas. It's about Perak Me'emasai. Right? HaKadosh Baruch Hu can give us the pat on the back. And we should have Siyumim and celebrate. But that should motivate us uh, to, to take it higher. And if somebody doesn't do that Yomi, they should pick up something Yomi. Something Yomi. That's for every Jew. Something Yomi is what uh, Zerbei Franz spoke about a couple of us uh, siyumim ago. Something Yomi is for every Jew. And we should all uh, motivate ourselves not to be Leishi B'Shalva, but, you know, to daven for Shalva, but but da- focus on the future. Okay. Moving right along. Yosef and his brothers. Yosef and his brothers. We don't get more emotional than the next couple of Parshios as we get into the characters. And we know Yosef tells over his dreams. As we've mentioned in the past, there are more dreams, I should say, there are only dreams in Sefer Bracious and none in the rest of the Torah. Sefer Bracious, Yaakov has a dream and Yosef has dreams. Paro has dreams. Everybody has dreams. It's our Hamashkim, Sarah Ophim, many dreams. There's not one dream in the rest of the Torah. Right? They're all here in Sefer Bracious because that's a reflection of the type of book it is. So Yosef has his dreams and he tells over to his brothers and to his father. And then the brothers go, the brothers go to Shechem. And Yisrael says to Yosef, says, I'm ready. I'm here. We'll have to get back to that soon. Go see how your brothers are doing. Go see how the sheep are doing. And he sent him from Emek Chevron, right? As Rashi quotes, follow Chevron Bahar, right? Whatever Chevron is on the mountain. What do you mean Emek Chevron? So those who go to Chevron today could see exactly where Chevron is on the, uh, how high it is, how low it is. But Rashi, according to Chazal, say, isn't it higher up? Ela me eitza amuka shel osot tzadik hakover bechevron. Me Emek means from the deep message, the Eitzah of the Tzatik that's buried in Hebron, meaning this is the start of the Brisbane Habasarim. 
the Eitzah Amuka from the one buried in Hebron, Avram Avinu, who was told that the Brisbane of Asurim, Kiger Yihyeh Zaracha. So this is it. This is the beginning of the Mitzrayim experience. All the way, which is going to take us all the way until Parshas Pekudeh. That's the end of the Mitzrayim experience, really. Really not. Really Sefer Yoshua into Eretz Yisrael. And really not only Yoshua, into Sefer Malachim, into the base of Ekdash. Okay, that's really the end of the story. Uh, but uh, in a certain sense, the Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim process that's in the Torah goes from right here all the way until the Sashrash Hashchina on the Mishkan, which is at the end of Sefer Shmos. So this starts it off. So if you think about it, and this we've noted in the past, we actually quoted a, a similar idea this past summer in the Matos Masse Parshios in the name of uh, Rav Kashtiel. But or the Abarbanel picks up here on the question that we all deal with every year. So this is all part of the fulfillment of the process, of the prophecy, the Brit Ben Abbasarim, and Yaakov Avinu sent Yosef, because it's all part of the divine plan. So what kind of Bechir Chavshas do the brothers have? Yosef was supposed to go down to Mitzrayim. This was all from the Eitzah Amukah, Shaloso Tzadik, HaKavr Bechevron. So how are we supposed to understand HaKadosh Baruch Hu's involvement and HaKadosh Baruch Hu orchestrating the events that all the players are being sent to where they're supposed to be? Hashem is sending Yosef to the brothers where they're going to get the coat. And But one second, doesn't that take away free will from the brothers? Doesn't that take away any blame? And, and what is, and Yosef says it later on, but the brothers say, so again, it's a thought that is uh, somewhat obvious, but needs to be said. Needs to be said. Says the Abarbanel in source number four. There are those that think, if you just take this Rashi in a vacuum, it was all meant to be. It was all meant to be. The brothers were supposed to sell him. It was supposed, supposed to go down to Egypt. She already, Yosef didn't do anything wrong and the brothers didn't do anything wrong. And they weren't fit. They weren't uh, roi to get an onesh. And that's this Rashi. He quotes this. Gemara in Sota. And he also quotes the Gemara in Shabbos, that Petes, also based on the Pasuk in Hosea, Yaakov Avinu really should have gone to the Mitzrayim in chains. In chains. Kodesh Baruch Hu had Rachmanus. Rachmanus, you'll go down this way. You'll go down in a way that you'll be the, vi- the father of the Viceroy by the time you get there. So you'll be, you'll be happy how you went down. So again, is that taking, a, what does that mean? He was always supposed to go down. Umamarim achirim orim kavana. Says the Abarbanel, Akashar Yuvan Hadas Azeb Zeha Ofan. Me Belias Bonus Acheres, Belia Belisa Fig Soter Pinas Abahira Noshis Lagamre. If you take this approach in an extreme, it undermines the entire belief in free choice in Bahira Khafshis, which is one of the tenets of our faith. Right? One of the Animamins is that there's a concept of Scharva Onesh. Scharva Onesh only makes sense if there's free choice. As the Ramam says in Ilfus Shuva, Rushus call Adam Nasuna. Right? A person has free choice. Kodesh Baruch Hu allows the person to choose to, to do the right thing or not to do the right thing. So how are we supposed to understand this? From the Eitzah Amuka, V'lachin Masharoi Yomar Bazeh, where it's underlined. So it says the Abarbanel, this is how you're supposed to understand it. Kefiyo Iyanatovahu. Sha'atachlis ha'kolel kefiyo gzeiro ha'elokis hu'echrechi. There are two levels of Ashkach in the world. There's one more general national level of Ashkacha that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is running, this, running the show behind the scenes and there's going to be certain results. There's going to be certain results. But there's a million ways that that result could be gotten. That depends on the players involved. What's the result? We're going to end up in Mitzrayim. Somehow. But every one of the players could have acted differently and Hashem could have orchestrated that it happened some other way. Maybe Yosef could have just gotten lost and the brothers wouldn't have done anything and they could have, Mitzrayim could have, I mean, Shmelem could have kidnapped him and taken him down. There are many ways that he could have down to Mitzrayim. The whole story would have worked out differently. But says the Abarbanel, that's what life's about. There's a certain marching of the Jewish people towards its destiny. 
But that doesn't take away any free choice from any of the players involved. The details of the events. Says the Abarbanel, in the 15th century, that's free choice. I'm sorry about that. Yet, we were going to be in a strange land. Which land? How we got there? The brothers did not have to sell Yosef. They were not mochrach. It was possible. It was possible. There were other things that were possible also. And therefore, the goal, yes, that was going to happen. But not the details. We don't understand it fully, how it could all work out. How a could be orchestrating and the, the um, details still be given to us. But that is what we believe. That is what we believe. This idea is going to connect to the second idea in, the second idea in, uh, in the Otsros HaTorah. As follows. One thought, two thoughts about the word ish. One we discussed 11 years ago and one we're going to discuss now. We know Yosef goes and finds the mysterious man. What happens? Yaakov says, go find your brothers. Pasuk Tezvav. Vayimsa ehu ish. A man finds him. He, who's the he? A lot of pronouns are missing here. Yosef, he's wandering in the field. And the man asks him, can I help you? Amazing line. I'm being mevakesh, my brothers. Maybe I'm being mevakesh, brotherhood. How did Yosef know that he knew where they were? He didn't say, did you see my brothers? He said, can you tell me where they are? As if he knew. Third time, ish is said. They went from here. And every word here is, is dripping with, with ambiguous meanings on purpose. I heard they're going to Dosan. That's the interaction between the Ish. So two thoughts. One, I couldn't not say it again because it's so beautiful. The Sansa Rebbe of Chaimi Sans asks, why is it that in last week's Parsha, right, when Yaakov was left and he was all alone, what happens? So there's an ish in last week's parsha too. So why do we does Chazal say that the ish in last week's parsha is the Sarah Shalasov? And the ish in this week's parsha is Malach Gavriel. It's ish. Two Ishim. One parsha after another. Why do Chazal interpret the Ishim differently? Says Rav Chaim Isans, it all depends on what the Ish is ready to do. If the Ish is there to help, then he's Malach Gavriel. If the Ish is there to fight, he's Saro Shal Esav. It's up to the Ish, so to speak. Or it's up to the job of the Ish. Imro'im Ish, Shebal Azor, Velasos Chesed, Simen, Shezeo, Malach Gavriel. If you see somebody helping, that's a Malach Gavriel. If you see somebody fighting, that's Sarojalesov. Right? The ish is de- depending on you could be whichever type of ish you want to be. You know, you could step into the shoes of Malach Gavriel if you want to help give instructions and directions. And you could step into the shoes of Sarojalesov if you want to cause fighting. You want to cause fighting. Okay, and then he talks about uh, that a little bit more. But Rav Solveitchik has another idea. Rav Salvechik in source number seven from the Masoras Rav Chumash has another idea and he picks up on again what's the emphasis. He doesn't ask the Ish versus Ish one. 
But he says, what's the emphasis here? Three times ish is, ish is stated. And it's as if the ish was looking for Yosef. You even get that impression. Vayimsa'ehu ish. I saw one of the Mepharshim, I forgot who. What is it? Usually mitsia is only used when you find something that was lost. You know, when you find, when you see somebody they haven't seen in a long time, wow! How are you? If you weren't looking for them, you don't say you found them. You have to be looking for something, right? The Chazal say, matza isha, matza tov. What do you mean, matza isha? Because originally the husband and wife were together as one to Shama, then they were split, they're coming back together. It's a mitsia. So here was the, was Gavriel looking for Yosef? So, why does this emphasize the word is three times? Was he looking for Yosef? And also, Yosef, again, the point that we made before, Rasulatia doesn't explicitly say this, but I think this is what he means also, it's as if Yosef knew that this Ish knew where his brothers were. And he said, just tell me where they are. Tell me where they are. Because he knew this was what he had to do. With all of the dangers and with all of the animosity that he knew his brothers had for him, he knew he, this is what he had to do. Who is this Ish? So, says Rav Salvechik, and this connects exactly to what we were just talking about before in the Abarbanel. Says Rav Salvechik, the repetition of the term Ish comes to emphasize the unusual character of the coincidences, the strange role by the anonymous man who knew neither Jacob nor Joseph. The Chulu, and he continues, what is Ish? He's not just a man. This Ish was the angel who watches over Jewish history, who, as the Shliach of the Almighty, guides its events and pursues its objectives. He met Yosef, the man, so to speak, the Shliach of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Hashkacha itself. Yosef was hesitant. Right, this was his destiny. He knew it wasn't going to be easy. Ultimately, he simply surrendered to the Ish, to his destiny. The Ish made the decision for Yosef to go to Dotan. In so doing, destiny found Yosef, and Yosef surrendered to that destiny. In doing so, going to Dosan, he sealed the fate of Yaakov and his household and exposed them to bondage, affliction, and loneliness. But this is what he had to do. This is, no, this is what he knew he had to do. Joseph acted in accordance with the instructions of the mysterious Ish. All of the humans involved in the Yosef story acted compulsively. Again, they had Bechir like the Abarbanel said. But there was a guiding hand. There was the Ish that was guiding them through history. Okay. Moving right along. There's a Rashi that I think we're all familiar with that uh, Rav Pincus help us, helps us appreciate a little more. Lamed Zion. Lamed Zion, Lamed Hay. What happens? They come back with Yosef's coat or his Ksonis Pasim and they say, recognize this? And he recognizes it, Tarof Toraf Yosef. He tore his clothing. He mourned for a very long time. Again, these parshios are the most emotional parshios probably in the entire Torah. They all try to get up to, to comfort in. And he refuses to be comfortered. Refuses. I'm done. So what does that mean, Pashtus? Kipshuto, I'm going to die without seeing my child. Right? I'm going to die. He's gone. I'm going to go to my son, Avel, mourning. I'm never going to stop mourning until I die, Yaakov says. Ereid Albani Avel, Sha'ola. Sha'ol is the depths. I'm going to go to my, uh, my grave, says Yaakov Avinu, in mourning. Rashi quotes another pshat, though. Avel Sha'ola, Kipshuto, Lashen Keverhu, Be'evli Bekever. V'loestachem kol yamai. Right? He says, I'm never going to get over this. Umedrasho, Gehenim. Sha'ol doesn't only mean kever, it also means Gehenim. Why? Simen zehayamasur biyadim ipiyagvura. Yaakov said, Hashem promised me. Imlo yamus echon mi b'nei b'chayai, muftach anisha ni'eni roa Gehenim. Hashem said that if all of my children outlive me, then I'm going to Gan Eden. If one of them dies before me, then I'm going to Gehenim. So that's what Yaakov is saying. Avel Sha'ola, not that I'm not going to be comforted, but... I lost my Olam Haba. I'm going to Gehenna. That's Yaakov. Says the Rav Pincus. Let's think about this for a minute. 
So for 22 years, Yaakov thought he was going to Gehenna. For 22 years, Yaakov did not think anything, anything he does was going to get him any schar. He wasn't earning anything. He thought it was a lost cause. And yet, what did he do for 22 years? And let's contrast this with Elisha ben Avuya. I don't know if that, that's so fair, but that's what Rafinkas does, and Chazal do. Alisha ben Avuya, Gemar Chagiga Tesvav, as we know, he heard Me'achoria Pargot, he heard, and his Rabbi Meir is Talbot, try to convince him otherwise, but he heard, he's done. Right? Shuvah banim shovim chutz me'acher. Acher is not coming back. What did he do? He gave it all up. He says, okay, I'm done. I'm finished. It's not worth it. Not worth it. What does Yaakov do for 22 years when he thinks it's done and he's not going to have an afterlife? You know what he does? Exactly the same thing he did before. He didn't stop. He just kept going. He kept serving HaKadosh Baruch Hu. With all the questions and with all the pessimistic, you know, not knowing what's going to be, whatever. I'll do it. I once heard a great rabbi at a very tragic event saying, I'm not angry. I just have more questions. We could have questions. That's fine. That's human. It's human to have questions. But the questions can't paralyze us. The godless of Yaakov Avinu was that? He kept going. We live sometimes, you know, there are those out there in our generation that if we're not feeling it, we don't do it. But if you don't feel, like sometimes in the, some of the youth, you know, if I don't feel like davening, so, or I don't feel like this, I don't feel like that, so why should I do it? Judaism says, Nasa v'nishma. You know, Yaakov had a lot of kashas. A lot of kashas. You know what? He got up and he davened anyway. You know, whatever the reason is, Questions cannot paralyze. And Yaakov Avinu had such deep questions. Not only questions, Hashem told him. Hashem told him that it's done. And yet, turning the page, Yaakov Avinu chai betchusha zu esrim mishtayim shana. Chai biyadiya she'en lo chelech olam haba. Matzav bo lo ayis alo shum sibal haba. Why should I serve Hashem? This world is all about earning olam haba. I'm not getting any olam haba. And yet... He continues. Because sometimes Jews, you know, we could be sometimes so stubborn, kshe oref, and often that gets us into trouble. But you know what? Once in a while, we're kshe oref, we don't let go, and it's, and it's a mida tova. You know, how much, how much trouble we've been through as a nation, how much persecution we've been through for 2,000 years, and we are kshe oref. We don't give up. Be connected to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. But we have to recognize, this is what Yaakov Avinu teaches us. Unbelievable. Okay, one more thought on the parsha, and then we'll have two thoughts on on uh, Inyane Chanukah. He just says at the end, before we finish, on line six, Zu midas ha-emes. Right, he did emes liyakov. Av kishalohay liyakov avinu b'shol mala avod hakol hit parek ein shvatim ein olam haba lo ishtana eitzlo meuma hu nishar oso yakov avinu. That's it. This is what he needs to do. This is what I'm just going to continue. I have my kashas. After a kfura, we turn around and we say, Hashem's name should be glorified. How do we do that? How do we do? What a religion. What a reflection of Ebuna. And we say, a Kaddish all about That's what we do right after we bury someone. Right? The Kaddish is only said twice. Because that's what a Jew does. A Jew continues. A Jew goes on. A Jew goes forward. Okay. One Ha'ara on a Rambam. And then we will continue. The Rambam at the beginning of Hilchas Avodas Kochavim. The Rambam there, we've we've quoted this a number of times in the past in various contexts. Tells us the story of Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov uh, in depth, in depth of how they how Avram Avinu started off. We know Yaakov Avram Avinu didn't have any teachers on the third line. He was among the idolaters. Avram Avinu did Avodah Zarah. 
If somebody is a Balchuva and they feel bad about being a Balchuva, Avram Avinu is a Balchuva. The first Jew was a Balchuva. Did Avodah We should all be Bali Tshuva. We should all every day of our lives. Right, as the Mishnah says. We should do tshuva. And he figured it out. He comes to the realization. And he was 40 years old, according to the Rambam. And the Ravid says maybe he was three years old. Maybe there was a process. Okay. And he goes and starts spreading uh, all of the great things. Um, the parade. Skip down to line 16. The religious spiritual parade until he comes to Eretz Canaan. He comes to Eretz Canaan. People come and ask him, what is this? What are you talking about? He talks about monotheism until Alafim Baribavos. Thousands and ten thousands came. Anshe base Avraham. And he put this Iker that there's a God. And he told Yitzchak, and Yitzchak sat and reviewed, and then he told Yaakov, Yitzchak gets one line in this Rambam. Right? That's part of the mysterious personality of Yitzchak Avinu, as the Torah Shavach also. The Yaakov Avinu Lamad Banav, Limei Banav Kulam, the Hivdalet Levi, Menu Rosh, Vechulu Vsivas Banav, Shalev Sikum Ibn Levi, and then the line that's underlined. For Yadavar Holechu Miskaber Bibne Yaakov, Ubedilvim Alehem, and this religion, so to speak, this belief, I should say, this belief went in with Yaakov and those who accompanied them. And they became a nation that knew God. Until the days that were lengthy in Mitzrayim, and they went down, 49th level of Tumah, until Kodesh took them out at the last second. Where does the Ramah get this from? That they became a, the, the Shvatim and they became a nation and they were known as a monotheistic nation in the world. That's what he says. Manasseh ba'olam uma shiodasis Hashem. So says Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky, it's based on a Pasuk in this week's parsha. Mem Tesvav. Right? What does Yosef say when he's confronted all the way at the end of the parsha? Right? Who are you? Paro says to him. Right? Mem Tesvav, not Paro, I'm sorry, in the, uh, in the jail, in the jail. Kigunov gunavti me'eretz ha'ivrim. Eretz ha'ivrim? How does anybody know who that is? Clearly they did know. From the land of the Ivrim, the Ivrim were people already. Some give Paro the credit, the beginning of Sefer Shmos, he calls them an Am. But right here. Right here's the passage. Gunov gunavtim eretz ha'ivrim. Mashma shekvar hayabi me'yosef kvar eretz b'shem zeh. And this is where the Rambam gets it from. And then he quotes many other psukim related to this. And he talks about what ivri means. But either way, this is, feel free to look up the Rabbi Yaakov. But he says this passage is a source for the Rambam. Okay. Hanukkah. So first let's talk about getting ready for Hanukkah. And the first thought is about getting ready for Hanukkah. For the Be'er Achayim, he talks about, um, here in the uh, first source... He quotes about getting ready for Hanukkah is all about getting ready for Hanukkah. We need to prepare ourselves. Need to prepare ourselves. We can't get the unbelievable hidden light of Hanukkah without preparing for it. And he quotes a few amazing thoughts, Ramazim, about this. He quotes Moach and Lev, the brain and the heart, Gematria 80, altogether. Right, 48 and 3280, Hachan is Gematria 80. We need to get our brain and our heart ready for any experience in Judaism. And if we do that, we have proper Hachana, so then we can, we can hope. And then we can hope to get the, get the, uh, uh, the hope. And he says, even the Shulti Giborim finds a remes to Hanukkah in the Torah, right, in next week's Parsha, which is usually Shabbos Hanukkah. You take the ches from Tevach and the next four words, four letters, flip around, that's Hanukkah. But it's Dafka from the word Vahachain, Hachana, preparation. You know, Hanukkah, one of these, the holiday, the rabbinic holidays where it's in the middle where people go to work maybe on, a, on Hanukkah. It's a, it's a yontif you have to prepare for. 
It's not just you go buy to the store once and you buy the, the, the Hanukkiyot and the, and the oil. Pesach, you prepare for. Sukkot, you prepare for. Hanukkah needs to be prepared for. And he quotes even, he quotes the question of the Sfasemes. We'll talk more about this Pesachim on Shabbos. The Sfasemes asks, you know, the, the uh, Gemaras about Hanukkah and Mesech Shabbos talks a bunch of, number of halachas that are mentioned. And towards the end of the bottom of Chafal Amabez, after the Beisham Amabez, my Hanukkah, my Hanukkah, so ask the Sfasemah, shouldn't that be at the beginning of the sugyas? My Hanukkah tell the story, and they go into how many candles you light, and Erishu Beso, why are all the halachas first, and then you get to my Hanukkah? So the Sfasemah gives one answer, but says the, uh, that the Er Hachayim here, we have to recognize that even after he says, you have to learn a lot before you can even ask my Hanukkah. How is Hanukkah going to connect to you? You have all the halachas. And even after all of that, that's all preparation. My Hanukkah. You want the message of Hanukkah? There's a lot to do. There's a lot to do beforehand. And we have to recognize that. We have to do what we can to be able to prepare ourselves. Prepare ourselves for this uh, amazing holiday of Hanukkah. I saw another answer just that relates to this question also. Even after... We learn and we talk about Hanukkah. My Hanukkah. At the end of the day, there's so much more that we still, we've only touched the surface of Hanukkah. We'd only scratched the surface, the tip of the iceberg. After all is said and done, we can still ask the question of my Hanukkah. But again, point number one is we have to prepare for Hanukkah. And we do that by learning. We do that by trying to appreciate HaKadosh Baruch Hu in our lives. So one thought, though, about actual Hanukkah. We know the Gemara tells us, Shabbos, Chaf Aleph, that, Mislav Ner Hanukkah, the Me'ikar Adin, which many Baruch Hashem and Eretz Yisrael fulfill this, less in Chutz Laretz, and that is putting the Chanukiah, as it's called in Eretz Yisrael, the Menorah, as it's called in the Chutz Laretz, by the door. Right by the door. Mitzvah, to put it, Al Pesach Beso Mi Bachutz. Right, to put it outside the house, within a Pesach, a Tefach from the door, opposite the Mezuzah. Opposite the Mezuzah. As if, okay, we say you should be surrounded by mitzvot, but as if there's some type of teamwork being done between the mezuzah and the menorah and the Hanukkiah. Is there a connection between those two mitzvot? So there are other answers that we've given to that in the past. This year we'll look in the Eilat Dvarim of Schlesinger Sefer, but he first adds on two other mitzvot. Not only is there mezuzah and menorah, but if you look in the Sheiltos, it's tzitzis. Talus katan mitsuyetes. You're wearing tzitzis and you go right through the mezuzah and the Hanukkiah. So that's three mitzvahs. And the Me'iri also quotes that in Mesecha Shabbos. And he quotes, maybe that's alluded to as Tzemach David Avtacha, tzitzis mezuzah Hanukkah. Okay, but if you looked in the psikta, there's a psikta. He didn't find exactly where, but the psikta, and I've seen this also in Svarim, tefillin and tzitzis. And they usually go together. Right, So is there anything about mezuzah and menorah and tzitzes and tefillin? What are they all about? So, says the Elah Hadvar, line 20. There is no other mitzvah that we're supposed to show off, so to speak. And show outside. Even, excuse me, even the other mitzvahs of presuming Isa. Right? Even the other mitzvahs of presuming Isa, we don't, we don't put the Megillah in the window. Right? We don't dalad kosos. We drink at the Seder. This is the only one that we broadcast. Right? This is the ultimate symbol that the world knows about Jewish religion. If you ask the average non-Jew, give me a symbol for Judaism of one of their holidays, they will say the menorah. Right? They're not going to say matzah, and they're not going to say sukkah, or even shofar. The menorah is the uh, the universal symbol in, of the world. So why is that? What is it about Hanukkah that this this uh, holiday that we're trying to do? So explains Rav Schlesinger, the purpose of Hanukkah is well. Actually, he first asked the question. He says, maybe we can answer it 
with the story of Uncleus, as we know, Uncleus was a Roman convert, and they tried to get him to convert back, and they kept sending people, and he kept converting, uh, convincing them to convert also, until finally they said, don't, the, the Caesar says, don't talk to him, just bring him to me. And finally on the way out, he goes up and points to the mezuzah, and they're like, what is that? They, could, they, they fell for the bait. And he says, Yisrael, Hashem watches us from outside, they converted too, and the Caesar gave up. But, so what does that tell us about mezuzah? So he says on the bottom, we usually say that gaiva, arrogance, and haughtiness is a negative mida, which it is. And it's the only one that the Rambam says, that in Kaas, that we have to go to the extreme and not have any gaiva. But if you translate gaiva a little bit as not haughtiness, but proud, so that sometimes can be appropriate. And explains the Eilat Dvarim. Chanukah is about not just doing mitzvos, but being proud about doing mitzvos. Not just about doing it in private, but being a proud Eved Hashem and being one that says, this is what I want to do and I'm proud to do it. Hashem. That's the menorah. The Yavanim said, no! Be like us. And we went and said, no. We don't want to have a physical base amygdala that's full of impurity. We want a tar based and we're proud of it. And we're going to put it outside our door. Because what the Yavanim say? Deny God. And we say, no, we're putting God around on the outside. So everybody should know. And what's a mezuzah? What's a mezuzah if not also bringing attention to every Jewish home that we are proud servants of God? And what sits is? Uri'isa Moso, Uzachartem is called Mitzvos Hashem. Tzitzis is also all about a public note, a public mitzvah. And what's Tfilin? As the Gemara says, he quotes it in Menachas and in Brachas, Shem Hashem Nikra Alech Avayarbi Mechle, the Tfilin Shabarosh, that they see our Tfilin, which screams out in effect, right, that this is, this is Akadish Barcha and we are his, we are his Avadim. So if we think about all four, the Menorah, the Mezuzah, Tzitzis and tefillin. It's all about not just doing mitzvos, but mitzvos that we are proud. Again, not in an arrogant way, not in I'm, I'm better than you way, but just I was chosen to be a servant of Hashem, and I'm proud to be that servant. And I'm ge'eh in that servant. And their Hanukkah is the ultimate. Because that we dafka put outside, symbolizing our victory over the other cultures that wanted to remove uh, this symbol from us. That we should all be proud in all the mitzvahs that we do. Again, in a way that brings nachas to to fulfill the, the Gemara at the end of Yuma, Shem Shamayim Mis'ahev Al Yadcha. That is the ultimate goal of our life, and we should be zocha to be able to do that. Again, next week, I, I'm, I'm going to really, really try to get this year up. I just don't know when. Schedule, Hanukkah wise, is a little uh, challenging, but Bezashem, um, we hope to get one up next week sometime.